What's happening, party people? It's your boy Ice Cold, and you tuned in to another episode of the Ice Cold Show. Here we are, man. Let's jump right into the quote of the day. Successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. That's from Jim Rohn. We finally have what we've been waiting for. The NBA Finals are officially set. Um... We're, what, four wins away. One team is four wins away from an NBA title right now. Crazy the journey we set on. We started this podcast at the start of the NBA playoffs. Um, It's been a blur being able to watch the playoffs and be able to commentate and talk about it on my own podcast. It's been nothing short of incredible. Um, And I can't believe we're finally here. With that being said, let's jump right into it, man. Uh, The Bucks have finally made it to the NBA Finals. Um, how sweet it must be for them to win, uh, but not only win, to do it without Giannis being able to play. For years now, not being able to get over the hump and facing criticism, uh, everyone from the head coach to the ownership group to the executives and GMs down to, of course, the star player in Giannis, um, criticism after criticism after criticism about how they haven't been able to get over the hump. And though the road to the finals this year has has been considered by some to be one of the easier journeys, it took a lot. It took a lot for the Bucks to get here. A lot of mental toughness, a lot of mental fortitude, a lot of focus for them to now be able to call themselves for the first time in a long time the Eastern Conference champs. Uh, first round, a battle against the Miami Heat, who upset Milwaukee last year in the second round, 4-1. Milwaukee only went in one game that series and do it and had to go into overtime to do so. Um, this year was totally different as the Bucks dominated them in the first round with the 4-0 sweep. Next round, the Nets, the prohibited favorite, where there was no lack of drama. Harden being out with his hamstring injury. Kyrie going down with a nasty ankle injury. Uh, Harden coming back and playing a little bit. Uh, in the last two games, just everything that happened. Series goes all the way to seven games. And because Kevin Durant's foot can't em- emphasize this enough, because Kevin Durant's foot being on the line as he shot a three, uh, a, 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 as he shot what he thought was a three, ends up being a two. The game going into overtime instead of the Bucks being sent home. Of course, everything happening, the injuries, the fatigue for the Nets, not to make any excuses for them, but all things considered, they weren't able to perform in overtime. And the Bucks find themselves against a surprise Hawks team who took them to six games before they were finally able to, to finish them off. First things first, similar to what we did with the Suns, we're just going to break down, you know, each, you know, some important key pieces for the Bucks. And why it's so special for them to be in the finals. Uh, first things first, you can't talk about the Bucks without you speaking on Giannis uh, first. I don't care if he didn't play the last couple games or not. You have to talk about how important Giannis is to this team. And for him, uh, four wins away from the one acc- accolade that seems to be running away from him, the Larry O'Brien Trophy. 
Giannis was the 15th pick in the 2013 draft. He worked his way up from an unknown prospect to a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year. I mean, what a journey it has been um, in the seven years that this man has been in the league. Every year he's been in, he's just gotten better and better. He's added something to his game every year. He expounds on his game every year. A new move here. Um, the confidence he has to even shoot the threes, knowing how how he's not a good three-point shooter. And throughout his career, just the slight improvement he's made almost every year, just having the confidence to shoot the ball even, has been incredible. This man was a rookie who averaged six points, four rebounds, and one assist to now being a five-time All-Star that puts up 28 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists in a season. A year after his baby brother wins his first title with the Los Angeles Lakers, Giannis, along with his big brother, Thanasis, are four wins away from getting theirs and completing something that I know that they probably talked about. Or who knows if they were able to dream this big, but they probably talked about back in Greece, you know, all being NBA champions, all being able to have jewelry, you know, that special jewelry. Um, a family who's been able to do all this stuff and, and, and reach success without their fathers being in their lives. Um, he died, you know, uh, he died before they were able to get to the point where they are now, and it's just their mother left. Um, it's it's incredible, man. You, you can't, the American dream, when people talk about the American dream and things like that, like, this is it for them. They worked hard to get to where they are, and now they're right there. Obviously, um, it's going to come down to health. The Bucks did an excellent job winning two big games without Giannis, but I think the Suns are going to be a different team. I'm not going to get in too much into my uh, finals preview right now, but uh, definitely going to gonna pray that he's he heals up and he's able to be okay going into the finals, which I'm sure he will because they said he would have played in Game 7 if it would have got to that point. So with Game 1 of the NBA Finals being on Tuesday, um, I think he'll be all right. To jump to the next person we want to uh, shine a little spotlight on, it's got to be Chris Middleton. Uh, the guy who doesn't get the credit he deserves, who's always laughed laughed at. I mean, people in my friends, in my circle, they all, they don't respect Chris Middleton as a basketball player either. But this guy is great, man. He really is such a solid player, all-around player. A second-round pick out of Texas A&M who had to battle to even stick in this league, spent two years in college uh, perfecting his craft and owning his craft to only be a second-round pick, to now be a player who's basically a two-time All-Star and the closer of this team. Like He's the guy with the two minutes left and at the end of the game who's going to take the last shots. No, he's not the best player on the team. Yes, Giannis is the superstar on this team, but Chris Middleton is the finisher. He is their closer. This year, man, Chris averaged 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. But in the playoffs, his production jumped 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. It may not look like much, but the fact that when it came down to it, he didn't. He not only didn't just be the same player he's always been, or he wasn't falling off or tapering off to who he was in the regular season, he was just that much better. And to be honest... The Bucks needed it in the Eastern Conference Finals um, with Giannis being out. Chris, to me, is the key moving forward. 
Like I already mentioned, Giannis is their superstar. He is the best player on this team. But Giannis is going to perform. Giannis is going to do what Giannis does. Even in the, uh, we'll talk about later, in the regular season games against the Suns, Giannis performed uh, absolutely spectacular, putting up 47 points in one of the games. But if Chris is not able to play the way Chris played against uh, the Hawks, as far as the efficient shooting, um, being a consistent scorer, putting up 20s and 30s, I think the Bucks will be in trouble. But right now, he's locked in. Um, the Bucks look pretty unbeatable, man. I mean, just big ups to Chris Middleton. Being able to silence the noise and having bad shooting performances uh, leading up to this series and then having uh, Giannis go out and you just being able to step up to the, you know, step up to the bell, man, and take, take charge and lead this team to the promised land. It was, it was nothing short of amazing. And I want to big ups to you, man, for real. Um, next, man, who's not happy for Drew Holiday? Please let me know. I mean, this they traded the they traded uh the house for him. They gave away uh, a bunch of pieces and picks, and they even brought out the uh, broke the bank and paid Drew Holiday, and it was all worth it. Spending eleven years in the league and not ever making it past the second round in his career, his hard work and talent will finally be recognized on the biggest stage that the NBA has to offer, and that's the finals. Um, Drew showed up like no other in the Easter Conference Finals, along with Chris Middleton, and he put up 22 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds in the series. His on-ball pressure forced Trey Young into 9 turnovers in one game, and forced Lou Williams into 6 turnovers in a different game. You gotta mention um, what he's been able to do as far as playmate. As far as getting everybody involved, as far as finding teammates and running pick and roll, being able to slow the game down, he plays so hard. And when he's picking up that, uh, when he's uh, picking up the defensive pressure, it's just he's a different, he's a different animal, man. And I'm, I love Drew Holiday. I absolutely love Drew Holiday, man. I'm so happy for him as he's able to find his way to the finals, um, getting out of New Orleans, getting into a team where you get you get to play with a, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, you get to play with a Chris Middleton, and they they ask you to hey do what you do best, defend, um, and just fill in when you can offensively. He's been amazing in that role. And next we got to mention uh, Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez was in his first ever finals and was big with his 33 points in Game Four. Um, how important he is to this, I mean game five, how important he is to this team with his ability to pound opposing teams in the paint as well as take the big man out of the paint and increase the spacing on the floor with his ability to shoot the three. Nothing short of, uh, nothing short of, nothing short of vital to this team's success, man. And they're going to need a lot more of that moving forward if they want to capture that title. Uh, to close out the Hawks, uh, what an amazing season, man. R round of applause for the Atlanta Hawks, man. The five seed what wasn't expected by many to, to beat uh, New York even. Uh, took care of New York in five as the underdog. Going to Philly where I definitely thought they wouldn't make it past Philly with the defensive pressure that they would add. And they, they dealt with Philly. Then you move on to the next one. You go, hey, man, can they even play with the Bucks? Can they even compete? And they did that. They took them all the way to six without Trey Young playing the last uh, two two games. So big is up, big ups to the Hawks. Um, if Trey Young wasn't hurt, it's something that you're gonna hear from Hawks fans probably till the end of the time. Man, what an accomplishment uh, it is for him to be on this magical run. It's just simply incredible, solidifying himself as one of the better players in the league. 
uh, one of the more elite leaders in this league, uh, showing that his size isn't going to hinder him. He's not going to be a problem in the playoffs. Um, even if you try to put him on the island and attack him defensively and things of that nature, Trey Young was able to find ways to be effective, and he was able to play in a way where you could not take him off the floor. No matter what was going on with Trey Young, no matter if it was um, missing shots, turnovers, he always found a reason for you to keep him on the floor and keep him playing. Uh, just me personally, in this last game, I thought the Hawks might as well not have played him. Uh, no, I know it's their last. It was their last chance, and they absolutely needed the win to move on. But to me, man, he was not going to be healthy, and you knew his injury was was more serious than they probably were letting on uh, because he wasn't playing. And I just think when Trey Young is such a polarizing player and he's so important to that team that if he's on the court, it's hard for you not to look at him to be himself. He can't go out there and be a decoy. Like you're looking at Trey Young like, hey, we need you to go. And I just think that they probably were better off uh, letting him rest and sticking with Lou Williams and, and, and trying to go that route because Lou Williams still had a little bit of confidence in him and kind of let them play without having to think as much. But it is what it is, man. You go out there, you play hard and – just come up short. Uh, Nate McMillan, I want to give a big up to Nate McMillan uh, coming in and, and being able to turn this Hawks franchise around, who was definitely not on their way to a playoff berth at the beginning of the season, fired their coach, hired Nate, and uh, Nate brought him all the way to the Western Conference Finals where he was rewarded with a four-year deal um, to be the Hawks head coach moving forward. And I think he just came in and he was able to change the culture of this young team. And he was exactly what the young Hawks needed, teaching them the importance of playing together and teaching them the importance of believing in yourselves. And those two principles alone almost got them to a title with less than a year of him being at the helm. Uh, John Collins, man. Round of applause for John Collins. He had himself an amazing playoff run. Uh, being able to show his value to the team and show that him and him and Trey Young have a chemistry between them two um, that I would I would think if I'm in Atlanta uh, Atlanta's uh, what do you call it uh, front office or ownership group I'm looking at we got to bring John Collins back most definitely um, he was able to even play some small ball five and be able to hold his own defensively which was big and I, I just really liked the game uh, and what I saw from from uh, John Collins now. With Trey Young, um, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, John Collins all being under 25, you got to be a happy Atlanta Hawks fan, man. You guys have a – the future is so bright. Cam Reddish was amazing in game six. He played so freaking hard, man. He was all over, diving all over the floor, attacking the rim. He just did it all, and I just hate that. I know everyone faced injury, but hear me out. Every team had major injuries. I know that. But I just think with the Hawks team, the type of team that they are, they depend on everyone playing together. Coach Nate McMillan talks about being the fist. You know, hey, we all are single fingers, but when we come together and form this fist, we're stronger. And I think that was the team that could afford, uh, no, that couldn't afford to be injured the most. Uh, they missed DeAndre Hunter, and they missed him bad. They missed Trey Young late in the, in the, this series. And it hurt them big time. And then I think, man, missing Cam Reddish early on hurt too. Because this is like the second or third third game he played in game six. And it was one of the better games he's had. And he's just now getting his stride and getting his rhythm. And now the season is over. So maybe if they were able to have him early on, who knows what could happen? Who knows if these series would have been close? 
Um, the Hawks just were, they were hot, man. They were hot right now at the right time. Uh, going into next season, I can't wait to see what they're going to do as far as the improvements and the changes they'll make to their roster and how much respect they're going to have next year. And what they do now, being not the uh, not the surprise team, not being the underdog, being the team that everybody's going to be focused on saying, hey, we got to really worry about them. We got to stop these guys. So uh, big ups to the Hawks, man. Big ups to the Hawks. Now we get to the last part of the episode, and that's going to be our finals preview. Uh, though this is a finals matchup people didn't see coming, I think this is one of uh, this is one that should be one of the better matchup better matchups that we've ever seen in the finals, and I mean ever as far as in history. In the two regular season meetings between these teams, the Suns were able to win both games by one point each. That means combined two points. Um, this series is, uh, man, like the rest of the the rest of the playoffs is going to depend on health. Uh, the status of players on both teams. The Suns are a very, very, very deep team. Um, I, I believe they're deeper than most, even with the certain players that they don't play. Just the fact that they have guys like Etwan Moore all the way down on their roster. I know he's not going to play much. He probably won't be a factor in the series at all. But the fact that if it comes to there, I, I kind of like Etwan Moore as a player. They just go all the way down their roster. I really, really like what they have to offer. But they need it all if they're going to beat the Bucks. Um, because the Bucks have the star power in this series. So uh, Cam Johnson, who's missed a couple games uh, with a non-COVID-related illness, I, I pray that he's healthy and he's able to come back. Um, his ability to defend and rebound and spread the floor, specifically spread the floor, will definitely be needed in this series as far as against the Bucks. You have Giannis, you have Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, who's been playing well. Um, all guys who can get in the paint, rebound, um, who are very tough guys who defend. Um, and would like to bang. You know, it's going to cause problems for the Phoenix Suns as far as with the size situation. And I think uh, having Cameron Johnson there, he's not shy at all. He has no problems being physical. He has no problems sticking his nose in there on defense. And I think it'll, he's big for them moving forward. Uh, next, what will we see from D-Book? Uh, Devin Booker, first playoff run, made it all the way to the finals. I think he's going to be there as far as his level-headedness, his poise, self-control, all things considered, I'm not worried about Devin Booker's performance. But what I will say is, how will his nose hold up? Um, definitely can say that he struggled a little bit playing with the mask on. He definitely feels more comfortable playing with, with the mask off, which is obvious. You play your whole career without a mask on, and then you have something on your face. I'm sure it affects you negatively moving forward, but... He did take a nasty shot to that nose after it was already broken from uh, from Paul George that forced him to go put the mask back on. So we'll see how he is. Obviously, he had a couple days uh, to rest um, and let the nose kind of heal up. So hopefully he's able to play without it and he has no problems, but something to keep your eye on. And lastly, for the Suns and dealing with their health, we had Cameron Payne. Um, he looks better after the injury, but Chris Paul. Can Chris Paul stay healthy throughout the finals? And I don't want to be negative. As you guys know, Chris Paul is one of my favorite players of all time. He is my favorite point guard of all time. Um, can he stay healthy? I mean, he he struggled to stay healthy throughout his career, throughout all his postseason runs. It's, it's like the deeper he gets into the season, um, the faster he gets injured. And I just want him to be healthy. Whether they win or lose, I, I feel happy knowing that, hey, if Chris, you go out there and win it, you win it all. You did it. 
uh, kudos to you. But if you go out and lose, I'd rather say, hey, man, I just we just weren't able to get it done and not be uh, the rest of your career wondering if I was healthy, would I want won a championship? Because I feel like um, they would have won in Houston if he was healthy. And I think before this point, that was probably his what if moment in his whole life is what if I don't hurt my hamstring or my groin, whatever it was against the Warriors. Do we win? Do we win the title? So can Chris be healthy is going to be is going to be a big, big, big question. And I think uh, those are all questions that I can't answer now. I'm not in the training room with these guys, but if it all works out in the Suns' favor, I definitely have them winning this series, and I have them winning it in six. Um, the Bucks, they have all the star power, like I said, for sure in this series. But Giannis is it's not healthy, and he's not going to be healthy. So it's like we have to understand that and put that in mind. Now, he may go out there and perform like his normal abilities, uh, so on and so forth, but I don't. I don't believe that he's with that high race in the knee, the way he landed, how terrible that injury looked. Um, I think he's going to deal with a lot of soreness and a lot of uh, hindering of his abilities to get to the rim and so on and so forth. And I think that the Suns have to capitalize on that and jump on the Bucks early. Because as this series goes on, I think Giannis probably will he'll get more healthy um, and be able to play deeper minute deeper into games play more minutes be able to play like themselves and I don't think there's an answer for that on the Phoenix Suns side um along with that the play of the Bucks is so up and down as we've seen throughout the playoff run they struggled in these last two rounds even with the other team's key players being down with injury um on the other end the Suns have been consistent with the way they perform throughout the playoffs and I have more confidence in the Suns ability to find more ways to score than the Bucks. And I would say especially late in games. Um, the Bucks like to depend on the heavily on the three-pointer. And when they're making the threes, it's beautiful. But when they're missing it, it's like they don't go get away from it. It's solely like the focal point of their, their offense. And just like in the regular season, I expect the games to be close. And when the games are tight between the Suns and the Bucks, I, I think the Suns have more options to score under two minutes than the Bucks, simply because Giannis, the Bucks' best player, is way less effective in the last two minutes of games because he cannot shoot free throws. Um, it, it just is what it is, man. Sometimes it's, it's not deeper than, hey, man, he just can't hit him. Maybe he's too tall. Maybe his hands are too big. He can't hold the ball. I personally think he's thinking too much on it and he's wasting too much time at the free throw line. Grab the ball and shoot it. It is what it is. So that being said, when the games are tight and it is under two minutes left, these are the guys who I think have the best option, have the best ability to create their own shot and score. Number one, Chris Paul. I think one on one, Chris Paul in a pick and roll situation, he's gonna he's shoots the free throw great, but he's able to find guys uh, wide open with ease. He's able to hit free throws. He's has the, one of the best mid range games in the NBA. Second, or tied with first with Chris Paul, I would have to go with Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker is a is a superstar. He's an all-around superstar. And I think those two guys are the best at getting their own shot in the under two minutes, and they're both on the same team. As you flip that over, uh, the third person would, would be on the Bucks, and it would probably be Chris Middleton for me. But other than Chris Middleton, I don't see anyone else that can really create their own shot with under two minutes to go in the game. And I don't trust Coach Bud. Coach Bud. I think 
Monty Williams is obviously a way better coach than Coach Budenholzer. Um, I have more faith that Monty Williams will draw up some plays that will be effective. Um, as far as when late in the game for the Bucks, it's really, hey, Chris Middleton, please help us get this win. Like, do everything you can to get this win. And I think I just have a little more confidence in the Suns' ability to finish. So I think – I think I'm gonna go with the Suns, man. Definitely think my head is my head is telling me to pick the Bucks. Uh, everything is telling me they have the better players. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks win this series at all. But my heart says Chris Paul and the Suns. There's nothing more I want to see the way these playoffs uh, have panned out than Chris Paul uh, getting that ring on his finger, raising up another banner, and being able to stay in Phoenix to finish out his career. Because I think if they lose. Um, this this series, maybe he does leave. Um, maybe he ends up in finishing his career elsewhere. But I just love Chris Paul and Phoenix. I love the the this finals matchup. I'm so excited because it's something that we didn't we didn't expect to see. Um, both both teams have players that I'm really rooting for to win titles. I would love to see Drew Holiday, Giannis, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, um, Chris Middleton. I would love to see all of those guys win titles. I really, really would. P.J. Tucker, I love P.J. Tucker. I would love to see him win a championship. And flip it over to the Suns, I love everyone on the Suns, man. I love Jay Crowder. I've always liked Jay Crowder. I've always liked Chris Paul. I've always liked Devin Booker. I like DeAndre Ayton since he, I've seen him in college at Arizona. Monty Williams, one of my favorite coaches. Um, Cameron Payne has grown on me so much. Just seeing from him being just the dancing partner to him being ever who he is now for this team. I definitely want to see that banner go to the Valley. So I'm going to be rooting for the Suns in this one. And can't wait to see what's going to tip off the playoffs starting next, starting tomorrow, man. Going to be exciting times. Um, that is it for this episode. A little sh a shorter episode than usual, but not much to really talk about, man. We, we, we got time to sit back and relax and enjoy our weekend. And now it's time for finals basketball, man. Um, to follow it up with our quote, Successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. And that's from Jim Rohn. Thank you guys so much again. As always, as we end up trying to end all the episodes, just saying thank you to everyone for all the support you guys have shown. Um, thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm just trying to give you guys more and more and more episodes. I'm going to touch on more more uh, topics. We got a big UFC fight coming up with Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, the trilogy fight. So um, we'll be touching on more than basketball as the playoffs end. So for those who do listen to my to my shows or those who have tuned in no this is not strictly a basketball podcast um i do love basketball it is my favorite sport and we will talk about basketball year round i guarantee it but i love football too and i love fight sports so we're gonna talk about everything else you guys bear with me keep tuning in keep showing that love and support it's your boy ice cold and as always it's been authentic like this and you ain't never hit the trap like this so stop front nigga i stayed down for the come up a nigga grinding to the sun up i'm trying to stack these funds up make sure i raise my sons the right way could give a fuck about what you might say it ain't a nigga